Welcome to our podcast, Transparently Speaking. I am Diana, and I have a son who transitioned at a young age to become his true self. And I am Joy. I have also supported my daughter to transition at an early age. We are here to share our experience and our learning along this journey. We want to provide support and guidance parent to parent. And if you find yourself on a similar journey, we want you to know that you are not alone. So let's dive in, transparently speaking. So I wanted to talk about, I had a yearly meeting I have every year before school begins. I don't do it for Clark, but I do it for Dinah now, where I meet with the teachers. And for Dinah, being neurodiverse, I do like to meet with the teachers about that, what kind of strategies work, kind of what we're doing. But I also like to talk about gender. And I think for Dinah, with his name being Dinah, that I approach it by starting there. Like I don't approach by saying my child's transgender and I don't know that they know it or don't know it. So I start out by saying, hey, just so you know, Dinah has been named Dinah for the two years he's been at the school. He has always identified as a boy. Dinah's not his birth name. His birth name is actually neutral. Please don't ask me what it is because he doesn't like me to tell. (laughs) And the kids sometimes use she pronouns with him. And I noticed it more over the summer. And I've never really talked to the parents about it. My assumption is the parents are using she, again, not out of any bad intention, but they're like, his name's Dinah. (laughs) I think my child's using the wrong pronouns. It's supposed to be she. So I actually wrote a letter to the parents, as we talked about previously, explaining this. And so I explained it to the teachers. and. So I think it would help. Like we talked about, like just kind of be aware of it. Don't make a big deal out of it. Like it doesn't have to be a lecture. Just kind of repeat what the child said with the correct pronouns. So that's some of the discussion we have. And then after addressing that, and then I say, by the way, (laughs) he's transgender. And I intentionally did it that way because they're approaching that first part with pronouns as they should as a boy. Sometimes, oh, they think these teachers are pretty amazing. Sometimes by saying he's transgender first and there's that empathy for the person that doesn't get it and yada, yada, yada. But the fact that he transitioned prior to going to the school. So for me, it should be a null issue. And at this age, I think we talked about before, two years, I would expect. So, and even this teacher said, I'm really shocked that these kids are still calling him she. <laughs> like, it surprises me after two years because she agreed with me. Like, yeah, he cut his hair a year and a half ago, but I don't know how they remember that. I'm like, yeah, I don't. Or, well, he doesn't remember what he did a week ago. So, but like having this conversation so that they're thinking in that way before I bring up that he's transgender. And the only reason I do, because I don't think I always need to, but in this case, I do because he has said it in class before he seems and I told them he seems to not want to relate to that word anymore so it may not come up again but in case it does I want you the opportunity to ask me questions to consider how you would respond I would offer just like the pronouns don't make a big deal out of it but also don't ignore it like I don't act like it's a dirty little secret but finding that balance is key. And so it was all a beautiful conversation. And all of that to say, every single time I leave that, those meetings, even though it went well, even though the teachers seem to demonstrate some understanding, I leave feeling horrible. I hate those 
what do you mean? Like, like feeling horrible, horrible in what way? Well, it's funny. I was like trying to identify the feeling. I just felt resentful, frustrated. I think the resentful and frustrated comes from, and just to be really clear, like I understand the reality of the world. I understand everyone hasn't been on the same journey we have. I understand that the way people understand gender is going to be different than the way we've had the opportunity to learn and understand it. My rational brain understands it. And there's a part of me also, the heart of me, that wants it to be normal, that wants this to stop being... I want everyone to be on the same page with us. Like, no, we can't... Like, what someone's assigned at birth, what their anatomy is, does not tell us who they are. Like, I want everyone to be here. So it's just like... So it's normal for everybody. Yeah. It's not a something like, it's almost like the fact that I have to talk about it is that it's an issue and I don't want it to be an issue, but I also like the rational brain understands why it is, but my heart is like, the world will be safer for him on this. This is not an issue. And so it's facing it each time, reminding myself, because I think I like to live in a world where we'll get there. We'll get to that world where people get it. People will catch up. They'll get the understanding. And it's that reality check again. So I think some of that resentment and everything there is there for what I said. And it covers up a little bit of the sadness of the way the world really is. Mm, The sadness, yeah. It is the sadness about kind of this continued space that we have to navigate? Is it sadness for Dinah? What is the sadness? I think all of the above. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it's the sadness for for him. Like everyone is not going to celebrate his gender identity. And I say that and I know like everyone's not going to celebrate any of my kids, but nobody demonizes my two kids who aren't transgender for their gender. Does that make sense? Well, maybe they do. I take that back. They do identify as males. <laughs> maybe all genders are demonized in some way but anyway wait wait really quick the thought there is that as females we demonize males is that the idea i think it goes each way both ways yeah Mm -hmm. there are people that demonize non-binary identities too so i mean i guess (laughs) it's not special to us but you know what it is everyone else doesn't have to come out like I don't come into the school for my other kids and go, just so you know, my cisgender kid is cisgender and he identifies as a boy. So there you have it. There you go. Now, you know. Yeah. Yeah. What comes up for me is you're telling like the story. I'm trying to imagine myself in that scenario. And I'm just like feeling exhausted thinking about that. And I'm also really curious about this last point you just made about like needing to come out. And I think that's this struggle that we have or that I have about back to who needs to know or how to navigate that. And what I think what I'm hearing, Diana, in your story is the reason that felt super important is Dinah in the past has used the language to self-identify as transgender. And so you want to ensure you're supporting the teacher to be prepared if something were to come up again like that, or if maybe even another student were to reference it. Is that right? Yes. I doubt another student would reference it because we even talked about it. Usually when he's like, well, and I gave them the example of the conversation I had witnessed where the kid was like, you used to have long hair. He's like, yeah, I'm transgender. And like, that was that. And we talked about like, it just kind of like that word goes over their head. I don't think they necessarily hold on to it. Although when the teacher's like, that's awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> he was just like, yeah, well, here's why. 
I said, but he's, that was a year ago. I don't know if he would do the same thing now. He may or may not. And I knew, do know from his last year's classroom teacher that there was a time where he did say, well, I'm transgender. And I think it was when he was getting misgendered. Mm. Again, I think that that was from someone outside the classroom because they, anyway, I think it was because they were calling him she because of his name. He's like, no, it's he, I'm transgender. And it's like, <laughs> so I just want that because if they have anything to process, if they have an education that needs to be done, I want to give them the opportunity to do it and not be processing it in that moment when Dinah needs them. Yeah. Yeah. And the key message here is just this frustration around our need to constantly do that. That Why can't everybody just be ready? Why can't every educator be ready to support a transgender kid? <laughs> well, and it's funny that you say that because when I was having a lot of emotions after the meeting and I got home, I thought about that. Like, maybe I should talk to the dean of students about there should be an education on gender, whether someone's transgender, cisgender or not. If this is someone's pronouns, regardless of what their name is, there has to be some discussion. Like, we don't have to get into being transgender, although I don't think they have an issue with it. But it's like, no, if these are the pronouns, this is what we use. The teacher shouldn't be ready to respond for Dinah. The teacher should be ready to respond for any child that gets misgendered. Because all of this is not mean. It's not intentional. And everyone deserves that response, that help. And what this brings up for me, Diana, is this back to the story. Because a teacher in any situation like that would have to ask the individual, what are your pronouns? Or what gender do you go by, right? Are you a boy or a girl or are you non-binary? They'd have to ask that. And what comes up for me is a conversation that happened over the 4th of July weekend with my family. So I was talking with two of my sister-in-laws and they were expressing some curiosity, but also some frustration (laughs) around what they're observing and hearing from their kids around other students in their kids' classes being perhaps gender fluid or saying today they were male and using he, him pronouns. And then the next day were expressing differently and using she, her, or maybe non-binary pronouns. And they were expressing some lack of understanding around this and questioning how valid or true that could be, given that it wasn't just like a one-off. It sounds like this was happening you know, with some level of frequency. I don't know what that means. If there's one kid per class, you know, that they're hearing about this or, or what. But the fact of the matter was, this is different than what it had been before. And they were questioning, is that possible or what's going on, right? Like, is this just some fad or kids just want to be like not binary now or fluid, you know, on this gender continuum? Like, and they were looking to me as some version of an expert, given that I have a transgender child. And I said, I can't claim to understand or know anything really about that space of non-binary or even the space of gender fluidity because Samantha is so binary and has known since she was really little who she is and she's fully transgender, right? So identified at birth as boy, but clearly knows in her heart from early on that she's a girl. And so that's been my experience. And so I said to them, you know what? Like, I don't have any experience around this, but what I do know is that all we can ever do is trust the individual themselves. They're the only ones that know anything about their own identity. 
we can't know anything about anybody else's experience. So I was encouraging them to just say, hey, in the absence of any of us having any idea what this means, like all we can do is trust them and use the names, the pronouns that they're requesting we use. What do you think the source of most of their frustration was about it? It's a really good question. I don't know. I don't know if it was because they made some comment like, oh, it's obviously it's so different than Samantha, right? It's so different than Samantha. And that's clear. And the space of binary is just so much easier to understand. It's really, they didn't say those words. But that's the gist I got. And so I think it was just the space of not understanding and, and wondering if it's like a fat. That's the gist I got from my in-laws when I was having this conversation. Like, it just can't be real, this sort of gender fluid or non-binary thing. Yeah, I think it, I mean, if you think about it, all of us, I think it's fair to say, were raised with how you were assigned at birth is how you identify. Like, those two things have been married together. The anatomy with gender have been married. It's only recently that we're beginning to understand. So I think it's fair to say that all the adults we're talking to are raised with the same concept. And so there's already like, okay, so these family members, it sounds, made the shift to understand, okay, maybe that's not true. But then it's not comfortable to shake your worldview. It's not comfortable to examine something you considered as fact most of your life to all of a sudden not be a fact. Yes. I might be wrong, but I feel like that kind of (laughs) has, you know, it's part of all of our growing process. No matter how accepting we are, there's like a, whoa, this thing I thought was true for decades, I'm now learning isn't. So it almost sounds to me, and I wasn't there for the conversation, like, okay, I can accept that, but it's got to be solid. We got to stay in one place. Like, I don't understand that. And I think you answered it beautifully with like, yeah, I can't answer it. I don't know what that's like. I don't know if it's a matter of, I've heard people talk about, well, I I tried it on. I knew that like what I was assigned at birth was not me. And so I didn't quite feel like that. And I didn't quite feel like the other side of the binary. So went by they, I'm thinking of someone in particular. And they experienced that and they, and they said, that feels better, but it's not quite right. So the way I get the sense is like, there's something inside and it's, it's like, it's not quite right. Like it's not aligning with who I am. So let, let's do this and see if that aligns. So there's that aspect, I think of exploration that something is in alignment. Maybe it's gender, maybe it's sexual orientation of society. We mix them so much. It makes sense that it might need to be peeled apart more. But there's also what I've been told, just listening again, not my experience. I don't know a ton about it. Of, But I do have a different alignment inside my body, a different feeling from day to day. So I think what you answered is beautiful. Like, I don't know, but just trust, trust what they say. Yeah, because how could we know? Right. And it's like, it's almost like, again, they were looking for some version of expertise from me, given. How did you feel about that? (laughs) Yeah. I was like, dude, I only know about my kid and I still am learning every day about that situation. (laughs) Yeah. 
And Diana, I don't know if this is also a good place to transition. You and I have also talked about this struggle, this concept of expertise. So we started out today talking about how frustrating it is we want everybody to like have a base level of experience, expertise, or capability, right? Like willingness and capability of maybe a base level of education, right? So the educators could show up, know how to ask an individual what pronouns they want to use, what that means for the kid or the name they want to use, and move forward from there. And early on in our exploration, I know both you and I like have sought out some version of expertise. And that's a normal, natural human thing too, is, oh, somebody must have experience with this. Like, let me go learn from that. And Diana, you're such a blessing in my life because you've always been that person for me, at least my first reach out. And you've been amazing at putting me in contact with other people. But you had shared some frustrations around that search you had in seeking out expertise. Do you want to share a little bit about, there's this concept of we all believe the expertise often comes with like credentials or titles. Right. And so we would all love to believe, for instance, that physicians or therapists should all understand this, every single one of them. And that's not the case. Yeah. I mean, I think I always say like if somebody says that they are knowledgeable in gender because, quote, I'm a doctor, I'm a healthcare provider, I'm a therapist big red flag because those of us that actually know something know that that does not make you an expert. They usually require some additional training and it's trying to figure out. And even so, like I've had the experience where we've had a therapist that had experience with the transgender community. However, at that point in time, never with a child and one before puberty. And that will be for another episode, but that was a very traumatic experience and ended up going very wrong. And so I actually, interesting enough, was on the phone yesterday trying to find a therapist for Dinah. Dinah needs a therapist just to help us with their neurodiversity, but I want them to be able to affirm his gender and not have to deal with any of the traumas or problems with that. And I was telling Arthur, my husband, how I left a voicemail for the director of this therapy group and I was explaining what we needed, but I was giving a lot of background to focus on neurodiversity. We need somebody with gender diversity. I have 10 years of experience as a gender expert. I train healthcare providers around the country. I help parents of gender diverse kids. And I'm saying this all to tell you that I know the difference when somebody understands and when they don't. And because of the kind of bad experiences we've had, this is really important. Of course, Arthur said, uh, I give below 50%. They're calling me back. Because <laughs> who can meet your level of expertise, honestly, right? They, I would guess, what do you think Arthur meant by that? That I scared them away. That they're like, I'm not touching that with a 10 foot. You know, you make a really, really good point. I don't think there are many people out there that can. And I thought about afterwards, like, I'm actually okay if they don't understand everything about gender. They just need to do enough to affirm, to affirm and, well, I don't know. They need to know a little, maybe not my level, but they need to have some level. Because I think if you don't understand your own biases around gender, then sometimes things can be said that, come from that idea that, well, you're actually what you were assigned at birth. And yes. That's what I worry about. Yeah. 
understandably so. Especially I'm hearing you reference another traumatic experience with a provider who did have experience and expertise, but maybe not with the youth experience they are mentioning. And so maybe the question is, what is your experience? What is your knowledge? What is your comfort level? How do you approach? Like, even if it's like, no, I have this understanding. I can't say I've done a deep dive into it. However, here's my approach. I'll always use, I mean, I have a sitter that said to me when I interviewed her, I don't know. I don't need to know. I trust you as a parent that you know, and I'll use whatever pronouns you tell me to. And that like definitely did not demonstrate a deep level of understanding, but has always been affirming. So who knows? Yeah. Yeah. We have to learn how to take care of ourselves. It's okay to have these dreams of wishing the world was different and understanding the reality and like how do we take our care of ourselves while we're in the in-between. Yeah. And lean into and continue to do the good work that we do of educating others around what it does mean and maybe even how their experience, how there's an opportunity again to trust individuals, trust individuals, ask them what their experience and their identity is and allow that to be true. That's a wrap on this episode of Transparently Speaking. Thanks for joining us today. Join us again on the 1st and 15th of every month for our next podcast. Thank you to Filter for our awesome music. That's P-H-I-L-T-Y-R. Check them out at Apple Music, YouTube Music, Spotify, or anywhere you download music. As a reminder, we welcome your feedback and questions. Email us anytime at transparentlyspeakingpodcast at gmail.com. If you're taking something away from our podcast, we'd appreciate if you'd take a moment to provide us a review. The more listeners and reviews, the more people we can reach and support. Thanks in advance. Cheers from Joy and Diana.